Chapter Ten of Soul Food. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Dion. Soul Food by George Douglas Watson. Chapter Ten. Simplicity. God's best gifts are the simplest, such as air and light and water and bread. So in religion, the greatest things are unmixed love, pure humility, fixed obedience, a single eye to please God. A sunbeam refracted gives seven colors. That is complexity, which is the opposite of simplicity. The simple white light is infinitely more blessed and useful than the complex colored rainbow. To be fond of complex things indicates childishness of taste. Complexity in religious life bespeaks a baby condition of moral nature. The more pure and advanced the mind is, the more it admires perfect simplicity in every thing. Simplicity in the Christian life is a state of perfect transparency, unbiasedness, no mixedness in the desires or tempers or affections, oneness of motive, oneness of intention, where the conscience, desires, and all will flow one way in sweet agreement, where faith and hope and love exist without being mixed with their opposites of doubt and fear and hate. But no definition of spiritual simplicity will satisfy the heart. The Holy Spirit, who is the God of simplicity, must reveal it to the eye of the soul. When the Blessed Spirit softly unveils to all our inner perceptions the perfect simplicity of the Christ life, the unmixedness, the unsullied transparency of God's Word and His inner kingdom, there is a holy charm and a sweet satisfaction to the mind beyond the expression of words. When all doubleness and tangled complexity of every sort is purged out of us, and when the Holy Spirit floods all our inner being with the very same simplicity that is in Jesus, how it makes us love simplicity in everybody and in everything. We then have a keen appreciation of simplicity in character, manners, dress, speech, worship, and business. Anything extravagant, grand, pompous, puffy, stilted, far-fetched, loud, slangy, odd, smart, brilliant, or confused or complex in experience, life, or expression, becomes very offensive. The soul that is living in sweet oneness with Jesus will intuitively detect and recoil from everything that is mystical, shady, tricky, or complicated. Such a soul abominates the secret lodges, the tricks of the trade, the keeping up of appearances, or anything subtle or selfish. It deals only with what is open, straightforward, and translucent. A person may have intellectual simplicity, which is the characteristic of all great minds, and yet, if he is not purified by the Holy Ghost, he will still be lacking in simplicity of moral nature. A person whose heart is rendered perfectly simple by the full indwelling of Christ will be inundated with simplicity in every other direction of mind and manners and business. Perfect simplicity of spirit is the heavenly shield against foolish, fanciful forms of religious experience. When people fancy they have found something startling and new, and profoundly hard to be understood, and transcendently fine in religion, it is always because they have left the old, eternal path of white simplicity, and become tangled in satanic fog. A soul that is possessed by the Holy Spirit seeks ever to live in an ocean of pure, tender love, and be full of good works, and it will instinctively avoid rash, unnatural, and over-restrained views of religious life and duty. The light the Holy Spirit pours into us is pure and white, not a red, startling aurora borealis. The visions of God He gives to us are lucid, 
wide, calm, elevating, sweet, restful, and loving, and not those complex, wild, and over-restrained notions which are always indicative of fanaticism. The Holy Spirit will turn us into the simple, quiet, non-combative lamb, and not into some great, towering, extraordinary giraffe. He will mold us into the lowly, uncomplaining, unostentatious dove, not into some enormous, far-famed albatross. Thousands of people ruin their religious experience by forming fictitious and abnormal notions of advanced experiences. They stretch and pray, strain after some unique, great, dazzling monstrosity of spiritual life, utterly outside of the mind that was in Jesus, and the devil is ever looking out to gratify such unscriptural desires with counterfeits of grace. They lose their dove-like simplicity, and are soon tangled up with all sorts of absurdities. The Bible reveals to us simplicity of desire, Thy face, Lord, I will seek, simplicity of will, this one thing I do, simplicity of motive, do all to the glory of God, simplicity of guidance, lead me in a plain path, because the enemy is on the complex path. Let us ever seek a Jesus-like simplicity, not only in our experience, but also in work for Him, never attempting startling and brilliant things, never wittingly drawing notice to ourselves, never overtaxing ourselves with huge enterprises, never parading the feats we have done or the extra things we are going to do. Oh, for that perfect, guileless simplicity of heart and life which befits with equal grace an angel or an infant, and makes both of them feel at home with each other. End of chapter 10 Read by Jennifer Dion